Welcome back to Dose of Support, a podcast where healthcare professionals share their stories and find community. Let's learn from each other and utilize some self-care in healthcare. I'm Dr. Vanessa Casper, a nurse practitioner, and I'm here to help our guests have a platform to share. Remember, I'm not your healthcare provider and neither are my guests, but we do encourage you to seek out care from your own professional. This podcast is not affiliated with any employer. And let's also remember to protect privacy and abide by HIPAA. It's hard out there. So let's find some self-care in healthcare. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the huddle this week. I hope you had a lovely Christmas and we are about five days into Kwanzaa when this episode drops. So happy holidays to you all. I hope that you have been safe and socially distancing this whole time and I hope you continue that through New Year's. I actually, hopefully you listened to last week's episode because I actually am going to perform my fire ritual. And those of you that have not listened to that yet, Last week, we really talked about holiday traditions and self-care, and one of the things I do is I write um, things I want to let go of on small bits of paper, I light a candle, and I light them on fire, and it's a letting go ritual. And there's a lot that I want to let go of in 2020, and so I may or may not actually video myself doing that this year. I think that we could probably all relate to things that I'm going to write down, like anxiety, fear, things like that. Um, And obviously burning it does not get rid of it. But I'm acknowledging that there are things that I live with that are tough and that I want to release and leave in 2020 a little bit more. And so it's very symbolic. It it doesn't necessarily fix any of those things that we all go through, but I thought that it would be a, a lovely way to bring light. We talked about bringing light last week, and so this New Year's Eve, that is my plan, is to bring light and burn away things that I want to release. And in true dose of support fashion, we are highlighting a healthcare hero here with respiratory therapy being represented this week. It is always my goal to be interdisciplinary on the show. And Jaime is a, a great example of that, working as an RT in the pandemic in pediatrics. So I hope you enjoy this respiratory care episode where we cover pandemic productivity. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast this year, our very first year. And I have the pleasure of returning next week in 2021 with our next episode. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Dose of Support, and if you're just joining the party now, buckle up. Today we have Jaime Sanchez. He's coming with a bachelor's in biomedical science and a master's degree in respiratory therapy. He's a registered respiratory therapist who was able to find, quote, productivity in the pandemic. Thanks for being here today, and welcome, Jaime. 
Hi, thank you, Vanessa. I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you today. You're so funny. Okay, so <laughs> that was like so formal. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> so my first question for you is, why the heck were you like, I'm going to go get this biomedical science degree? What was your plan with that in undergrad school? Right. So I was between biomedical science and music. I love music. I was in the marching band for eight for four years in high school, and I also played in middle school and elementary school. So junior year of high school, I took some advanced science courses, and I really challenged myself and found how much I loved the critical thinking and the understanding of the human body. And so when I enrolled in college, I chose that route as opposed to music because I just felt like I would be able to go on to other healthcare professions and it would open a lot of doors because okay. I knew I wanted to be in healthcare. All right. So you graduate with your bachelor's degree and you're like, okay, what now? What happened then? Right. So I had submitted some applications to physician assistant school and um, I was also a medical scribe in college. So I was a medical scribe trying to get experience, exposure to the emergency room, exposure to healthcare without having to go get another degree or certificate. For example, phlebotomy was something I thought about. And I found the respiratory therapy program at UT Health Science Center in San Antonio. So I inquired about that and they it just so happens that they were starting their entry-level master's program that year. And so it's been quite an experience, a very rewarding, <laughs> a rewarding pick, you know, and I yeah. really have enjoyed it. I was reading in your bio that you have done pediatric intensive care, cardiac intensive care. I mean, so really for folks that don't know, maybe, um, you know, maybe we have some listeners who work outpatient and maybe haven't done that type of work before, but these are folks that are on literal life support, children, adults that are on life support, lots of machinery. And part of Jaime's job is managing the ventilator and so, so many other devices. What was that first, you're a new grad, so you get out into the healthcare realm. What was your first job like? I did work at Memorial Hermann for my first year as a new grad, and I learned so much. I will forever be grateful for that experience in the adult medical ICU. And um, it was really just night shift was really challenging for me on my body. And so mm. when Children's was hiring, I was like, you know what, I'm going to go for it. I also rotated there. I have some connections there. And I got, I got day shift, right? So I got a day shift position. <laughs> so it was a big relief on my body like as, as far as physicality and health is concerned. So I loved night shift. I loved it. I, I did it for yes. seven years, like a weirdo. So um, it's so funny because like day I, shift, I yeah. thought day shift was awful. <laughs> so it's so funny that you say that. <laughs> you know, I always told my coworkers, that I loved night shift. It wasn't the, I mean, I loved it. I loved everything about it. And probably for many of the reasons you loved it, you know, I mean, it was less 
there was less bullshit. Right. If you want to <laughs> say it that way. <laughs> so I love night shift. And the only thing I had an issue with was the fact that it was at night, which was just messing up my circadian rhythm. Oh, and yeah. I actually came out with like several like health issues that I had oh, to no. work on after that. Yeah. So if I could stay on night shift, if my body would have adapted better, I would absolutely still be doing night shift. So. <laughs> All right. So what does a day in the life of a respiratory therapist at, um, in, in pediatrics, let's say, what does right. a day in the life look like for you? In pediatrics, you go in, you get report, right? So from the night shift, you get your report and you kind of see where the hotspots are, which patients are going to be the ones that are going to require more of your attention. And then from there, um, you know, I, so then from there, I would go kind of like lay eyes on my patients, just like a quick pass, you know, through the unit, like, okay, well, where are we going to go chat with the nurse, see what she got in rapport, you know, kind of, uh, organize our game plan for the day and what we're going to advocate for as a team, right? So um, I've always said like the nurse and the RT as a, working as a team is like, can do a lot of, um, it can have a very great impact on how it's, how that shift is going to go for oh that gosh. patient, and right? Like when you're both advocating for something, you're more likely to be heard and get what you guys need for the patient, you know? I literally don't know what I would have done without my RTs that, I mean, and like the RTs I worked with would, they would teach me too. So it's not just like, it's not just us both working for the patient. It's us supporting each other to do the work, like to administer the yeah. therapy or to yeah. like, it's, we're all on this learning curve. And I remember being that new grad and having, having my RT literally walk me through cleaning a metal trach on a patient that was on the ventilator and how fast I had to do that. And so and right. really you, yeah. you kind of need a couple set of hands anyway to do that. But, but it was so nice to have RTs that were willing to teach and willing to support people that, you know, uh, it depends on where you go to school, but nursing has a lot of um, variability in training, and I can speak to that. Um, but I think other people, other professions might feel that way too. So when an RT is willing to sit down and teach a nurse or a nursing assistant or a social worker or, you know, whoever is needing to just understand a little bit better, that opens doors, that creates a bridge for us to have a better, have better patient outcomes, I think. And so I really appreciated right. that about right. the RT team I worked with. Yeah. And, and I think that's important, you know, going back and forth and kind of sharing our education and our knowledge with each other. And, just using it to advocate for the patient and whatever, you know, to have that open discussion with the whole healthcare team, you know? So, um, so I do that, lay eyes on everybody, chat with the nurses, make sure we're all on the same page. And then maybe I'll have a coffee, <laughs> have a coffee really <laughs> quick, right? And then after that, you know, start my rounds, 
go actually, you know, assess my patients, see where they are, look at their chest x-rays. You have to look at everyone's chest x-ray. And um, then you participate in rounds. You talk to the physicians about what your assessment was, what their secretions are like, their vent settings, what the plan is. Are we going to be extubating today? Are we going to be weaning today? You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. if they're on nitric oxide, are we weaning off the nitric oxide today? What's the plan with that? Um, Do we need to escalate care or are we trying to de-escalate care in terms of, you know, how bad does the chest x-ray look? Do we need to add other airway clearance things? Do we need to add IPV or other nebulizer treatments? Or can we start coming off on some of those things, right? Escalation versus de-escalation for the patient. So all of those things. So basically forming a plan, participating in rounds and making sure everyone's on the same page and then executing, right? The rest of the day is gonna be executing that plan, not just Mm -hmm. for me, but also for the nurse, um, taking those orders and executing them in the right way. And you're the expert in doing that. So you're making these recommendations and I would hope that the providers that you're working with are taking that seriously. Um, okay. So do you see yourself as an RT, as a man in healthcare represented on TV or in the media anywhere? I started to see myself represented once the coronavirus pandemic started. Then everyone was starting to talk about data and numbers and healthcare staff and you know, how many ventilators the country had or how many ventilators the country needed. And then they're like, well, who's in charge of the ventilators? Oh, well, we don't have enough RTs. And so I actually saw like respiratory therapists slashed across like CNN or other yep. other media sources. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's awesome. Let me take a picture of that because yeah. healthcare ultimately is run by physicians and nurses, two huge bodies that govern healthcare basically. And that is, I mean, that's, that's and totally you, you fine, mean that you know, like but... you mean that culturally and legislatively, right? Like we, right, we don't actually exactly. like as a nurse, I don't I don't feel that way, but I know that I'm more represented in our culture than your profession mm-hmm. is, which is why dose of support exists. We want all all professions represented because we're the people doing the work, man. Um Right, exactly. <laughs> we're up in there rolling up our sleeves. So yeah, so you so the pandemic starts, we need people that can operate ventilators. Who does that? Oh, geez, like these people that have been doing it the whole time, RTs, we're right here, right? Okay, so exactly. um, Well, I think it's great that your profession is being elevated, even in such a like, this, these are hard times. These are like, crazy, like the world is fucking on fire, but it's amazing that you're being recognized for the work that you do. So I'm so glad that you're starting to feel that way and may hopefully other RTs are feeling that way too. Um, okay, so let's take a break. And when we come back, Jaime is going to share a story from practice and some self-care ideas. So stay tuned.
Welcome back from that nice little break. We have Jaime Sanchez with us, and he is our registered respiratory therapist. And he feels this quote, productivity in the pandemic. I actually feel a little bit of the same. I felt like I had this time um, during the pandemic to reflect, and that's how Dose of Support was born. Um, And so Jaime's going to share a story from practice, some self-care techniques, and then a little bit more about uh, his new ventures. So take it away, Jaime. So I'll start with the story. This is pre-pandemic. This was at my first job, and this was probably this is probably a more dramatic story. So okay. I had a patient who was decompensating, right? And so I went to go look at the patient and assess him and he was on BiPAP and. Okay. So what did you see? Did you see like O2 saturation drops? Did you Right. See... So okay. his, his O2 was dropping. He was more confused. Um, I tried to get an ABG from him, from his blood and it was very challenging to get. So then we put him on BiPAP at that time because we knew like he was not taking as many breaths right and Mm -hmm. so then his entire family was there and i would say probably six or seven people and the room wasn't very big so then i came back from running the gas and it wasn't a good sample it was actually from the venus right and so right so it happens sometimes when we um get from the venus not intentionally, but it just right. happens to be right next to the artery because right. ABG stands for arterial blood gas. So we're trying to get it from the radial artery or any other artery um, that we can get it from. So so then the nurse practitioner I was working with that night was like, no, we need an ABG. And I said, okay, okay. And I mean, he just wasn't doing well, like his heart rate, he was altered, alter- he had altered mental status. His family was starting to freak out. And so I went back in there to attempt to get an ABG again. And I was standing there at his bedside with his arm, trying to get an ABG with his entire family crying. His son was standing next to me, holding him in his arms and saying, dad, dad, don't leave. Don't leave us in tears, sobbing. And I just stood there kind of shaking a little bit with my hands. And I was like, this is so much pressure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How much more pressure could I ever be under? Right. And like you're, um, you're trying to like hold a needle steady to get into the artery right. and get this blood at the same time, the patient is confused, maybe not holding still. The family is all up in your business and like families. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, I would want my family at my bedside. I would want that. But like families get hysterical and they get in your way and they distract you from your care too. So like, I love families, but also like back the fuck up, man. Like we like, especially when someone is decompensating like that, like move out of the way because we have work to do. And so, oh my gosh, that would, that would be so hard. I got the sample, ran the ABG came back to the bedside and he had like a respiratory acidosis, right? Mm -hmm. And so that means that he wasn't taking enough breaths. His CO2 was going up, his pH was low. 
and that's abnormal, right? So that's an abnormal finding. And mm-hmm. what do you do? You would put them on BiPAP. He was already on BiPAP. And he, um, the next level would be intubation, right? Mm-hmm. And so his one of his family members kept saying that that's not what he wanted. So we basically had to wait it out. Wait, made some changes on the BiPAP to help facilitate um, blowing off some of that CO2. Mm-hmm. And... And sure enough, he he came through. He actually came through that night. And the next day, I came into work not knowing, you know, if he was still going to be there. And yeah. it's so funny because I walk into his room and he's sitting in the chair. Only, only <laughs> he's a with new a man. Na- no, I know. Totally new <laughs> man, right? Like sitting in the chair with nasal cannula, eating his breakfast. Or eating his dinner. I'm sorry. It was nighttime. I was on night shift at the time. And he was, I mean, he was fine. He was talking, you know, he was. Well, that's a great outcome. Right. And I was just like, you never know. You can never count patients out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely something I will always remember. You are in high stress situations, under pressure. People are having trouble breathing. They are clearly crying around you. Like, and this is a common thing for RTs. It's not like Jaime's story is not like all RTs, I would say, have probably dealt with something similar. Um, And that goes Mm -hmm. for a lot of bedside care workers. They have dealt with irate families or they have dealt with someone who has decompensated. So how do you take care of yourself? What is your self-care? I cherish my days off. I really do. Um, as much as I love going to work and treating patients and hanging out with all of my coworkers, um, I really do enjoy my days off. And during the pandemic, what I found a lot of solace in was going to the nearby National Forest. It's about an hour north of Houston over in the woodlands. And it's called Sam Houston National Forest. So I would go there and I would walk. Obviously, nobody's there, right? Nobody was there. And it was always just such a pleasant experience. And I forgot what quiet actually was and what it actually sounded like. Because I live in the city, right? And so you don't realize how much white noise is going on in the background, cars and garbage trucks and, you know, lawn you know, lawnmowers going off and all these things, right? So um, I went up there and it became my new ritual, like during the pandemic, it became a part of just what I did, you know, on my days off to just kind of reset and kind of cope with the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic, right? I was like, okay, yeah. let's just get away from everything. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh going going outside and being in nature is a common theme on Dose of Support. So you're not the only one that has brought that up. But I really liked your mention of the quiet because I think those of us that work in these healthcare environments are really accustomed to alarms and bells and whistles going off constantly and overhead pages. Um, So when anyone, anyone here that's listening, when you're in a nursing facility or a clinic or a hospital, there are all sorts of noises that are in the background. Okay. Well, 
Jaime, thank you for being here. If people want more of you and if they want to know more about respiratory therapy, um, how can they find you? Right. So another thing I did during this pandemic was create a YouTube channel. And the point of the YouTube channel was to help new grads and new people entering healthcare in this very chaotic pandemic time to educate them and give them like kind of cliff notes versions and short snippets of information they could use to shorten that learning curve. Cause I know they changed and allowed, um, they changed the laws to allow, you know, people who were still in school to join us and help us, you know, take care of all of these patients. Can you and imagine, so, can you imagine being a I know, new graduate I, right now? Like, oh God, yeah. like just graduating from school from whatever profession and everyone is running around like crazy. Nobody knows what the right, right way to practice is. Nobody knows what the right PPE is. Like, I mean, I think we all know what we're supposed to do. There's just a lot of misinformation from fucking Trump who um, yeah. we're recording this before the election, but this will air after the election. Um, and so I'm a little like, oh boy, but I think it's so hard out there when there's misinformation, there's not supplies. And then I can't imagine what it's like to be a new grad just thrown into that. And so it sounds like you saw that opportunity to support other people kind of like I did with the podcast. And, um, so how do we find your YouTube channel? Right. So if you go to YouTube, you can look up respiratory therapy resource center i also have a website where i've had i've created some other ebooks that have some important information clip notes versions shorten your learning curve kind of stuff it's respiratorytherapyrc.com and i also have a instagram respiratory therapy rc and i also have a facebook page respiratory therapy resource center on facebook And I'm just going to say, like, there's probably a lot of people, not just respiratory, but a lot of people and students and new grads that could really benefit. Like, I know that I could go back and recap my acids and bases. (laughs) I know I could go back and recap my ventilator settings. So... Mm -hmm. Um, I encourage Mm -hmm. everyone to check that stuff out. Thank you so much for being here today. And listeners, you you know what to do. You can find me at Dose of Support on Instagram, on Facebook. I have my website, doseofsupport.com. You can submit your story there through a survey link. You can always email me at hello at doseofsupport.com. And if you're loving the show, please please subscribe. Make sure you get the show every week. And if you like are, are loving it, please write a review or give me a rating that really helps people find the show. So next week I will be back in your ears. So I can't wait to do that. And I'll see you again. Every role in healthcare is important and these experiences matter. We'll be back next week with a brand new guest and a whole different story. Until then, make connections, you guys. Give each other a dose of support. Dose of Support is written, produced, and edited by me, Vanessa Casper, with exclusive music by Rafael Sequeira. Don't forget to rate the show, write a review, and leave feedback wherever you listen. I'm punching out until next week, where we try to find some self-care in healthcare once again.